Hi, and welcome everyone to the 53rd episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Allenson, and today's podcast will be about Dynamics 365 for field service. And with me today, I have Ben Vollmer from Microsoft. Ben Vollmer is worldwide field service leader and a 20-year veteran of the CRM community. Ben was one of the first field resources dedicated to Dynamic CRM and has been involved with Dynamic CRM since version 1 alpha. Prior to Microsoft, Ben has worked with a variety of CRM and field service solutions. Some of the notable customers he has helped get value from Dynamics include WellCare, Tyco, CSX and Raymond James. He has been involved with Dynamic CRM in a wide variety of roles. Welcome Ben Volmer. Th- thank you for having me sir, I look forward to it. How are you doing man? I am phenomenal today, life is good. Oh, CRM is all about managing a customer relationship, so what is a good customer relationship for you? Well, I think I think a good customer relationship for me is, is, is a couple things. One is it's it's having everybody at the company be on the same page. It's it's knowing that all the departments at a company that I, that I work with or that work with the customers, uh, you know, all on the same page and they're all working off the same same music sheet, if you will, and, and they all understand what I want as a as a consumer, and then what they need to offer their other consumers um, to make themselves successful. So a good CRM to me is really one that puts the needs of the employees first needs the customers in there and then also allows me to very quickly be able to um, understand what interactions I've had with the customer in an easy to use and easy to find location. So who are your customer? Well who are my customers? That's a great question. So in my current role you know my customers are really internal Microsoft employees that that's that's really who my customers right now are. My customers are also, though, generally going to be large enterprise corporations throughout the Microsoft ecosystem. So I do work with our internal employees, helping get understand what field service is, how to get trained on it, what it looks like, how to use it, how to help show our customers value from it. I also do a lot of direct work with cons- customers, help them understand the intricacies of how field service works, how it impacts their business and how they can benefit from it uh, in a direct one-on-one basis. So, so really, I have two customer groups, internal employees and then, uh, and then our customers as well. What is it that you do? Oh, um, so I am the worldwide field service sales leader. And so I, it's actually pretty cool. My, my job, I sit at the intersection of sales, marketing, and, and customer service in our R&D department. I, my job is to kind of bring those three teams together and help understand what a customer needs, what we need from a uh, licensing perspective, how our future licensing is going to work. Make sure that that as a sales team, we represent ourselves well to other teams at Microsoft. And that what our customers are telling us they need gets funneled properly from a sales perspective back to our R&D teams and back to our marketing teams and back to our service teams to make sure that we're delivering what customers need. So my day varies every day, Marcus, from, you know, I, I've talked to... Every one of our time zones fairly regularly. So it varies everything from customer escalations during a post-sales process to customer escalations um, in a pre-sales process to internal trainings um, for our internal teams um, to collaborating with, with additional teams to get things um, working properly. Field service management have been around for some time. I mean, locating vehicles, managing worker activities... 
scheduling and dispatching work and integration with back office like inventory and billing. But what does Dynamics 365 for field service do? What is it? So you're, you're right. Field services, and actually what's kind of funny to me, is the first app I ever wrote, Marcus, and not wrote, but you know, help, help manage, was about 25 years ago, was actually a field service management app. And so field service has been around for a long time. I think there's a few fundamental shifts, if you will, in the marketplace. Um, first and foremost is there's a whole process of servitization that's happened inside of inside of companies. So no longer, you know, do you just make a product and sell it and everybody buys it. Now you might make a product. Um, you might have to commoditize it for, for functionality, or you might have to accelerate it through new consumption models, you know, technology as a service. And, and so field service as a whole has, has been around, you're right, for decades. Where Microsoft's coming with it is really we've, we're looking at it from a holistic perspective, and we're saying this is no longer a, a back office process. This is no longer a cost center for most companies. If you look at how field service has been done over the past um, 20, 25 years, they were tr- primarily ERP add-ons. They were designed primarily to manage costs. They weren't designed to improve the customer experience. They weren't designed to um, help increase new models, help with business innovation. They were primarily just there to manage the costs and cogs, if you will, of this service they were delivering. So I think Dynamics 365's vision for field service is a is a great forward-looking vision. It's different from what the current vision is of most software companies that offer field service functionality, which is this must be abutted into an ERP system. This is part of an ERP system. We really see this as part of the overall customer experience, an extension of Salesforce automation, customer service, and even project service automation. This is where you shine against your ad- competitors and, and get that advantage that you're looking for. Yeah, especially if you're a customer. If you're a customer, this is a place, um, you know, think about how many technicians, you know, that are out there that, that, that are really salespeople or, or, or salespeople that are really technicians. Um, you know, field service for me is very easy to explain. We explain to somebody what Salesforce automation is. You know, they always kind of look at you funny, like, wait, like they, they do what? Customers spend how much money tracking sales pipelines? But if you go, hey, we're delivering the service that, you know, for the person who comes and repairs your copier, for the person who comes and repairs your coffee machine, for the person who comes and repairs your roof, people get that very, very quickly. They understand what field service is. And then it's really a matter of saying, hey, competitively, from a, this is how it helps you get you the right resources at the right time with the right tools to the right customers. That's huge. Um, from a from a customer facing perspective, that's massive. From a Microsoft facing perspective as well, um, we're the only provider out there that has Salesforce automation, marketing, customer service, PSA, and field service in a single centralized business application. Other people have got pieces of it. And so field service for me feels like Salesforce automation did of 20 years ago. You know, it used to be that, you know, when you look at the, the SFA landscape 20 plus years ago, there were literally thousands of SFA tools out there. Um, and, and there's not that anymore. There's really come down to a handful of them. So I think the, the field service market um, perspective and market opportunity 
is the same place that SFA was, you know, 20 plus years ago. If I'm a consultant group that are looking at field services, where where do I start then? The, you got to come up, first of all, the fundamental difference. Um, you understand the fun. So Salesforce Automation, very few customers do things the same way. Very few customers do things in even a similar way. Um, and it feels like every every SFA deal, if you will, I'm picking on SFA because that, that's everybody should know how to deliver a Salesforce Automation deal. Every SFA deal feels like it's kind of a bespoke piece of functionality. I, I can't think of the number of people I've actually deployed a CRM system for out of the box with with SFA. Do you, you have any customers you are deployed an SFA out of the box for? Uh, not really. No, there's always <laughs> some some. Oh yeah, this forecasting that's not really a lead, but it's something else. Yeah, okay. Right. So. And, and, and so so you're you're used to doing that. Um, and so I think for, for what, you know, uh, for me, field service and, and project service automation by extension, but really f- field service is a, is a yellow brick road solution. Um, so, so think of S- Salesforce automation as a green field. You, you can go in there and build whatever you want. It's three acres of land and you have a limited amount of budget to go build a house. You can go build whatever you want. Um, field service is a little different. It's a yellow brick road solution. Um, so, so, courtesy Wizard of Oz for that, by the way. Okay, so so yellow brick road. That was more thinking like, well, you you obviously have something, and you're trying to improve what you have, right? Yeah, but I would say every customer I'm in, not every customer, probably ninety five percent of the customers that I talk to, the same process flow works across all those customers. So what is that then? So, so so a call comes in, an order comes in, an IoT device sends an alert. So it's or you know, and somehow somebody raises their hand and says, "Hey, we have a problem here." We create a case or a work order, and then it gets scheduled and dispatched. So I have a person who sits there and says, "Okay, you know, Marcus is going to go here, Ben's going to go there, Joel's going to go here, Scott's going to go." There. So we basically build a schedule up, and, and we have a dispatcher. The dispatcher is then dispatched out to the job site where he, he or she has a list of tasks they need to do. So if I'm doing a compressor replacement on, in a, on a heating air conditioning system, here's what I do. If I'm doing a alignment of an elevator, here are the tasks that I do. And so so really from a, from a high-level perspective, what we're doing is um, the same process. Then I got there, I finished those, those tasks. I get the customer sign off, and I'm going to have to get their payment from them. And then I submit my ticket, and then and then somebody signs off that, yes, Ben actually finished his ticket. And then I move on, then, uh, then I move on my next job. Um, but that same process, over 95% of companies that you're involved with, with some small deviations, is the same process across almost, almost every, every company um, out there today. So if you're starting with field service, you have to understand it, it, it's a it's a finished app. It's not like Salesforce Automation that's a platform really, and, um, that you finish on. You know that you have eighty percent. You got to put the top twenty percent on. Field service is really a ninety five percent solution. Okay, yeah. or maybe ninety. There's it, a lot of care and, and feeding and things that have been done at the field service app to make the field service app complete. So if you're a partner just starting on field service, you have to change your mindset. How do I how do I customize this thing? It should be how do I 
how do I use what's there advantageously? Yeah, so I would actually like to 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 say then that it's less of extending and more of customizing because it's already built in. It's just of managing that solution and turn on and off things. It, it, it is much more configuration. It's a lot of, okay, so an instant type of HVAC repair has the following steps required. An incident type of, you know, speedometer calibration has the following incident types involved. It's a lot less coding, if you will, and a lot more configuration. Yeah, and who are authorized of our technicians to do that kind of repairs. Uh, that th- That is it exactly. So if I'm looking at this entire solution then, if I'm working mostly manual today and I'm, yes, I'm picking up the phone and yes, I'm scheduling things sort of as they come in, what kind of productivity boosts can customers look at? So, so every customer is different. Some customers have huge gains. I, I mean, we did a, we were doing a, 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 talking to a customer and we thought we could get 25% gains in staff efficiency. We actually tone it down for the sake of the ROI conversation to a 10% staff efficiency just to make the numbers, you know, make sure they're realistic and, and achievable and good. And so there's things like, for example, you know, schedule optimization, just being able to say, I have 22 tickets, I have five technicians that all have the similar skills, where those five technicians go for these 22 tickets a day. Just being able to optimize that schedule will save the company a ton of money, a ton of energy, um, and make them much more profitable. Yeah, so they sort of stick in the same area and don't have to go all over town, all of them. Yeah, I, it, or or what also happens though is is you know sometimes you know you know let's face it we're humans you know we have you, know, you might have your favorite kid or dog and you give that favorite kid or dog extra treats you don't you don't give the other kid or dog. Okay, I get the same technician that got there last time. <laughs> right, or, or maybe the dispatcher likes you and knows where you live and gives you tickets around your house. Yeah. And, and because, and you're getting two tickets a day, but, but Susie, who's over there on the other side of town, has 26 tickets a day because, well, the dispatcher doesn't like her a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, that can be it too. Uh, so, so there's really a whole process by which optimization helps on both sides. Okay, but I mean, managing inventory in the, the cars and stuff like that must be a gain as well to, to make people travel back and forth less. Uh, inventory in the cars, you know, again, talking about an IoT basis, and we was talking about this weekend, um, one of the customers I was working with, they have this fiber optic piece of equipment. Fiber optic piece of equipment is $25,000 per piece of equipment. So, it, so we're talking a a fairly significant amount of money for this piece of equipment. And every truck they have has one of these pieces of equipment. They lose on average two of them per day. Jesus. How did they lose them? Well, they they have several thousand technicians. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, but, but you take this piece of equipment out of your truck, you do something with it, and you lay it down, the customer interrupts you, and you leave that piece of equipment in the middle of the, you know, the work site, and you just forget yeah. about it. Now, using IoT saying, hey, before you, you can't close the ticket out because the piece of equipment has, wasn't checked back in your truck. So, think about it, two pieces of equipment, $25,000 per day per piece of equipment. Time, so, it's fifty grand a day. 
20 working days in the month, unless you're in Europe, and there's 15 working days a month there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I want I want I want European holidays. Um so you got 20 working 20 working days per month. That's $100,000 a month. That's a million to a year they lose. And just equipment costs. Just sticking something on them so they know if they're in the car or not will save them a ton of money. Save them a ton of money. Um so so, so there's a whole lot of of things that field service does that helps an organization. But the biggest thing from a consultant perspective is Marcus. So if you're a consultant, the biggest mindset you need to come across is, is is not, you shouldn't go in the customization mindset. I'm going to customize this and we're going to add bells and whistles everywhere. It should be, here's the framework that is field service. How do I leverage that framework for the best results for my customers? Okay. So know the ins and outs of, field service and know how to educate the customers so they can add all of their secret sauce to Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And some of the best, uh, both pre-sales and and consulting people I've seen around, around field service don't necessarily come from a Dynamics 365 background. They can come from 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 an ERP background. They can come from another field service product background. Um, because it's really an operational. So, well, the customer experience is paramount. Um, the roots of field service are really more of an operational route. So if you understand how to talk operations and how, you know, a dispatcher works and how a technician gets tickets, then, then doing a field service project is much easier if you come in with a, I'm just going to build this all from scratch type of, type of mentality that, that admittedly, um, we sometimes do on the, on the SFA side. So, I mean, if I have, okay, yeah, I was just going to, no, let's leave that. (laughs) Come on, man, bring it out, let's go. Okay, okay, so if I have this customer that's building their own brand new field services app by themselves and doing it all custom in-house, I should really recommend them. Yeah, let's not do that because you don't want to own that problem let's focus on what brings the value to your end customers instead. Absolutely, positively, 100%. Okay, so if you're repairing, let's say, sliding doors, that could be something for you then. Yeah, I mean, the coolest thing, I think the coolest opportunity you have as a partner, um, if, if if you go to your favorite search engine, type in field service for electrical contractors, field service for mechanical contractors, field service for screen door replacement companies. There are literally thousands of little companies out there who've who've kind of created a niche in those marketplaces. And and I think the same thing is going to happen there that happened in Salesforce Automation. Those companies are going to eventually, you know, get outmuscled by bigger companies. You know, you look at SFA of 25 years ago, there was literally three or 400 companies doing Salesforce automation. You know, today there's less than a dozen. And so for a partner, you know, you know, screen doors, right? So why not create a vertical? It says Dynamics 365 field service for screen door, for screen door companies. Before we continue, this episode is sponsored by PowerObjects CRM University. CRM University offers live, technical, and developer training on CRM for Dynamics 365. 
and it's recommended for CRM owners such as business analysts, data architects, developers, and trainers. CRM University courses cover configuration of the platform, BI, analytics, and reporting, as well as extending CRM through the SDK. For more information and public trainings in North America and the UK, visit PowerObjects website on the events page at powerobjects.com slash dynamics-crm-events or you can find the links on the show notes on the episode. So if I go to this selling part and how do I sell this 365 field services then? So, so selling field service, the nice thing is selling field service is no different really than selling anything. You're solving a business problem um, so it's no different from selling an ERP system it's no different from selling se- selling standard CRM you're solving a bit, the, the, the thing you got to understand is a little bit about the marketplace what are the challenges that are facing what are people going at so like right now um, you know the challenges in the field service segment right now is that there's a new field service offerings that are being brought out you know technology as a service which is exceeding a lot of times the demands um, of the ability of the organization to actually meet them. Um, there's an organizational alignment. It used to be it was a back office function. Now it might be an operations function. Is it really a sales function? So what does field service want to be at that company when it grows up? Um, automation is just now kicking in. If you look at a lot of the, the routing systems, a lot of the dispatch systems, they're 100% manual. Um, and the other thing is, is, is you know, technicians, you know, at least here in the U.S. and I'm, I'm assuming in Europe as well, the technical trades uh, are losing people. You know, we're losing electricians. We're losing plumbers here in, in, in the U.S. and in other parts of the world. Um, so you need to have a talent acquisition strategy that helps drive your field service program. So as selling a field service, you need to be aware of what the industry is doing. And you understand how, how Dynamics 365 all up is helping meet those challenges. Dynamics 365 field service has these two optional add-ons. What, what are they? Uh, so there, there are two optional add-ons. Um, one is called resource scheduling optimization. And what RSO is, which marketing, by the way, just had some, somebody marketing just, just passed away because I mentioned the word RSO. Resource scheduling optimization is part of Dynamics 365 field service. It's designed for a high number of technicians with a high number of tickets. So I just want to make sure we position this correctly. If, if you have a customer who's got, you know, 20 techs who do two tickets a day a piece, may not be a good fit for them. If you have 20 techs who are doing four to six tickets a day, this is probably a great fit for them or even larger. I mean, we're doing some of these, some of these with, with literally tens of thousands of techs in them. But what resource scheduling optimization allows you to do is it, it solves things like the traveling salesperson problem, which is to say I have 15 stops to make today. What are the best order those stops need to be made in? I have, you know, 15 stops that require skill A and 15 stops require skill B and 15 stops require skill A or skill B. What's my best mix of technicians to cover those 45 tickets um, in the most efficient way possible? Um, that is a huge, um, almost every large field service engagement I'm in right now has got a component of resource scheduling optimization in it. Um, the only ones I haven't been, those who I was talking to a customer on, on Thursday that they, their technicians spent a day and a half to two days on site. 
you know what? Optimizing in that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you're having a low ticket count per technician. So high ticket count, decent number of agents. RSO does a great job of helping you munch those things. So this is where you would like to add a pool of technicians to that pool of tickets and you just let that RSO engine handle that so you get a scenario where you okay this will this guy will be able to stick to the same area and some other guy or girl who will stick to the same area so that they don't have to drive across town. I, you know, I call it I call it star ticketing right now, where you start you know start at point A, drive diagonally across town to point B, drive diagonally across town to point C. It, it, by the time you, you're done, it looks like a fi- five sided star. Um, the goal of RSO yeah. is to is to do away with that. Are are these the optimizations that you were talking about for? But these are optional add-ons. Do I buy them separately, or they come and I just have to activate them? Um, so our RSO is is sold separately. Um, and and just to kind of footnote that, it can also be used against sales. So if you have outside salespeople making sales calls, RSO is not just field service specific. We we market it towards the field service organizations. That's who primarily uses it. But it can be used across the organization and, you know, um, in sales as well. It's not a requirement. So like, for example, you could use, um, RSO, um, you could use what we call scheduling assistant instead of RSO. So if you have a lower number of tickets, a higher number of, uh, of items, um, that would be, that would be very, very doable with scheduling assistant, for example. Um, and, and so, so RSO is an optional component. It's about $30 per resource per month, give or take, um, $30 per resource per month. So it does have a cost associated with it, but the cost really helps in, if we can squeeze one more ticket out of every two technicians, so half ticket per tech per day, you know, that, that, that revenue more than drives, more than drives, uh, anything else I'm doing right now. Okay, so can these resources be more than human resources? These resources can be um, pieces of equipment. They can be um, trucks. That I have a client right now we're we're working with, where they're a room. It's it's monitoring. You know, so, so think about a think about a, a a room and who has access to um, that 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 room and who gets access to that room when when, the, when does it actually happen i'm i'm not sure i follow there so who has access to that room well so so, so an example here is um let's just say let's just say you're a you're you're a, you're a doctor's office and you want to optimize yes. the route of of the nurses um but one of the resources might be you can only perform certain operations or certain items oh, okay. in, in certain rooms so this room is equipped with equipment that other rooms aren't equipped with so I could optimize somebody's visit with that, with, the, with those other pieces. So I have an intensive unit, but it has a limited resource count. And I want to make sure that I use this limited resource like the beds or some other things in the maximum way. So I optimize around a resource like the technicians on the field or something else. So what's the other optional 
the other optional piece is uh, is connected field service. So what's the connected part? Uh, so if you if you haven't been living on a rock in the past five years, uh, IoT is probably one of the hottest pieces of technology. I, I think you know in the in the past five years or, or so. Um, and, and so what's really cool is is think about equipment that is. You know, one of the things you, you, you stress with when, in field service is break fix. Um, customers aren't happy when a piece of equipment goes down. If you look at what it costs an airline, for example, to have an, a, a, an airplane sit in one location with, with broken down, it's quite high. And let's take that same thing with an elevator. Let's take the same thing with an escalator. Let's take the same thing with any piece of equipment anywhere. And so what IoT allows you to do is allows you to monitor that equipment, whether it be from the, the manufacturer itself or if you're a service provider, this gives you a nice way of differentiating your offerings from other people's offerings out there. So Microsoft, as you're probably aware, has this whole suite of um, technology um, called Azure IoT Suite. It, it, it's really a world-class IoT engine. Um, so what the R&D team has done, they've taken, they've paired Dynamics 365 to Azure IoT suite. So if the temperature in my room goes above 70, trigger an alert. If the humidity in the air goes above 80%, trigger an alert. If I push this button three times in a row, trigger an alert. Um, And then once those alerts happen, um, we want to be able to look at that data and say, okay, the break point for these pieces of equipment is here. So therefore, we need to schedule a technician go out either high priority, medium priority, or low priority based upon the, the way um, things are going. Or the one scenario that I like is that if I don't hear from you in five minutes, then something is wrong with you because the power is out. <laughs> exactly. Um, or and the other thing that makes it pretty cool about Connect Field Services, um, we can also do what they call command and control of those devices. So what would happen is, you know, I mean, how often we heard the analogy, just reset it or reboot it, right? I mean, you call the help desk. Hey, my computer's broken. Reboot it. Well, the reboot doesn't really do anything most of the time. Um, but it, it's kind of that first step of troubleshooting. What if you had a workflow in CRM? Yeah, it gives you a little bit of time. Right. Well, exactly. What happens in CRM if you had a workflow set up? This temperature went above 70. Reset the thermostat and make sure it wasn't failing. Yeah. Probably you can, you can do that remote also. You can do it all remote. And so your cost of doing business goes down dramatically and your service goes up dramatically. Yeah, because the customer doesn't have to go and reset it manually and you can do it and they will just have to wait longer until something is, until a technician is even there or they have to think about it. Exactly. So if I can reduce that technician going out there, so connected field service is huge. I mean, I've uh, at the extreme sessions, um, you know, I, I had two or three sessions on it. I think Carson had a few sessions on it. it, it I mean, it's one of those things where you could talk for days about it. The nice thing about that is that's, that's, that's basically free. So you pay for the IoT Hub subscription through Azure, and then Dynamics does not charge you anything at all um, for, for using that. Okay, so since it's Azure, then it's per usage. So if you have a lot of things streaming through, then yes, that will cost you. But if you have nothing streaming through, then it's yeah, basically free. Six, six million messages per day. 
So yeah, that's a lot. Si- per day is a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, that that's pretty good deal, right? <laughs> yeah. So so it's not free. So by the way, for those of you who are going to set demos up, by the way, um, please don't. So the demos up uh, in, in your in your MSDN subscription uh, account, it will burn through that in about a week, week and a half. It does use a couple hundred bucks uh, a, a month of just service just sitting there. It, it is a it is an available option and it's pretty inexpensive and it's a lot of fun to show. And putting that device in a customer's hand and saying, "Here's the device," they get all sorts of excited. Yeah, and I was thinking about probably the enterprise. So if you have a lot of products out there. So if you are selling these sliding doors and you have these measurements of how long it takes for the slider to open, and if that's increasing, yeah, that's a sign of that it's probably broken or wearing down. So you should get out there because it's easier to fix before it's get broken. Yeah, I, I just did a uh, some work with uh, uh, one of my TSPs this past week where we did a uh, mean time to repair, mean time to failure. So we could basically tell you when the first IoT alert came in that says, hey, that door is squeaky, we could tell you that it, was gonna, it takes on average seven days that door to fail. So we could work that ticket yeah. into that next seven days, and the customer was excited because they never actually had to call the, call the company and say, hey, my door broke. We pro- proactively came out and said, your door is breaking, let's fix it for you. Yeah, because... If your front door if, and your store and that's broken and people can't come in, that's probably not as expensive as the airplane because you can't have the doors open all the time. But it's, it's sort of a problem. It doesn't look good either. Yeah, it doesn't look good. So this means that I can focus on the action then. So what's the process of fixing and what's the problem process of solving this um, and, and that's actually just to be honest that's one of those places where as a you know marcus you're very technical um you would love playing with machine learning and, and, and stream analytics to understand the hows and whys the average crm consultant that's what there, there's going to be a learning curve the average CRM consultant learning that because it is a whole different world um and I personally, you know, I know how to speak to it. I know how it works and how the pieces all fit together. I don't do stream analytics and I don't do machine learning. It's just, I understand how they work. I just, I don't sadly do the work anymore. Um, and so the, the, biggest, yeah. the, the biggest thing, you know, consultant companies are going to have and consultants are going to have to do is either find a developer who can do it or up-level your skills to the point where you can do it because it's going to take some work and those projects are generally as big or bigger than a, than, a, than a traditional CRM project is. So this is, if you have all these IoT devices sending you things and not all of them are actionable, they're just measurements and then sorting out the measurements to get what is something to act on. That's what you're talking about now, then. Exactly. You know, I was I went to a session at our Tech Ready, which is one of our internal trainings, and they had a team of three people who spent a year with an elevator manufacturer, you know, building out data models f- for that. 
You know, when this happens, what fails? When this happens, what fails? When that happens, what fails? And what does this alert mean? And where does this alert come from and go to? And does this happen in class A elevators or class B elevators or series one or series two or series 15 or whatever the series, you know, where do these things happen at? And they literally had a team of data scientists that spent a year building out a data scientist model for just that. Um, and so just, I don't want people to think that this is a, a simple fast, quick process, this could this can take some work. But that is also to get to know your own products then. So that escalator, how does it behave, that model or the other model, or to get to know that slider. So, oh, it is the sliding time that is the action that we want to look for to know that instead of just we have a lot of measurements but we're not sure what to act on exactly or 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 what is really truly important you know is a temperature spike of one at one time of 70 is that important or the temperature spike of 70 for two hours important what is what is the you know what's the criticality what's the importance and so you need to do some data data manipulation to be able to do that Okay, so, and you said, of course, machine learning here then. So do you suppose that we feed that with our, okay, so we had the scenario where we had the escalator break. This was a measurement two weeks before every single second. Go, figure it out. I wish machine learning was that kind of a box, but you, it's really a lot of learning. It's a lot of analysis and then then. The nice thing is, though, because we're a full solution, you can tie back in Dynamics 365. And, okay, we thought this was a failure. We dispatched a technician. The dispatch technician said it hadn't failed yet. So now I know my, my models needs to be changing. I can change that model then. So if I'm looking at implementing field services then, perhaps skipping the connected and the RSO then, what are my costs of implementing if I'm just looking at field services then? Um, so your cost of implementing field service, so Dynamics 365 Plan 1 includes field service. So there is no additional cost for field service over Plan 1. Um, purchased separately, it's about 100 bucks a user, just like the rest of the modules. Um, if you're doing over 100 users, you're, you're, you know, you're dumb not to do Plan 1. So if you're doing Plan 1, field service is in included. Implementations can be as little as six weeks. So it can be, it can be a, an out-of-the-box implementation will meet the needs of a lot of small service organizations. Um, you know, you get in some of these mega organizations, really a lot of change management that goes on. Because, because I mean, you know, these are technicians who aren't used to handling computers or mice or or even even mobile devices. Um, so the larger projects, they're 18, 24, 36 months. The small projects are six weeks. The medium-sized projects, kind of most partners' bread and butter, uh, are three to six months at most. Um so it, it's a fairly it's fairly similar to what you would do for SFA or for customer service. Yeah, and that seems reasonable. I mean, if you have technicians that all have been going to the warehouse picking out a bunch of papers, here's are your papers to do for today. Go have fun. Come back when you're done. To go from that until okay, you can start from home. You check in and then you get your next opportunity, your next, and then you do that, and then you go for next and next and next. That can be, as you said, quite some change management. 
I, I, I will tell you that it reminds me again, it reminds me of SFA of 20 years ago. I can remember sitting on a training class one time and before we could teach them how to use the software, we had to teach them how to use a mouse. Um, which is sad. Yeah, then you have some learning curve to do. Yes. So, so, and for a lot of these these folks who are the technicians, so the, guy, the, the guys and, and ladies who are actually using and consuming the device, consuming the, the, the service at the customer location, you know, they generally tend not to be computer weenies. They, they pick the trade because they don't want to be a computer weenie. They don't want to sit behind a desk and answer the phone all day like, like, like you and I do. So yeah. it, it really takes a lot more education, a lot more training, a lot more handholding to say, okay, here's the, here, here's, here's your mobile app. Here's how it works. Here's what you do. Here's how you got to do it, et cetera. Okay. So what's the common pitfalls that you've seen? Uh, the, the common pitfalls I've seen are, uh, again, you know, not taking change management into account. You have to take change management into account as part of this process. If you don't, um, you're going to get hosed. Um, the other pitfall is treating this like Salesforce automation. Understand what the app can do. Understand how the app works. Understand that this is, this is for the most part, a finished app. And this is not a platform that you build an app on top of. This is, for the most part, a finished app. Um, and then also understand what, what the limitations are. The app has some limitations that... Um, you can get around some. You can some. You can't. But just understand what they are will get you get you a significant manner of of the uh, of the way there. And then know when to use RSO and when to go for manual scheduling. Yeah, and again, for most companies, I would never say. Uh, you know, most companies don't have enough change management in them themselves. If they already have a scheduling optimization solution. Great, we're going to snap into that similar construct, and we're going to help them out. If they've never, if they've never had an optimization product whatsoever, ever, then then this then this becomes a bigger hurdle than they can jump. Okay, so take it in small steps, like all changes. Yes. All right. So where do I go if I want to know more about field services? Uh, so, so I would tell you, look, you know, go to. Um, you know, the Dynamics Learning Portal, um, uh, you know, if you want to do connected field service, there's a great uh, tutorial. I, I say it's great because I wrote it, but other than that, it's, it's pretty miserable. Uh, it's at uh, HTTP aka.ms forward slash D365 IoT. And, and that'll help you with the um, getting connected field service up and running. Um, but really, the Dynamics Learning Portal has a bunch of information. We're porting all of our uh, field one learning center um, that Dave Clark ran. We're putting that over to the learning portal as fast as, as possible. So keep checking out learning portal. That's really going to be your first set of information um, and the best place that a partner should go to get more data on what, uh, what what's included with field service. Yeah, and we will be sure to add those links to the show notes so people can find them easily. So will you have any public speaking or something else where we can find you? Um, so n not in the next, uh, not in the next month or two, I'm not planning on anything else. Um, we, we do a number of internal events. So if you're an internal Microsoft employee, the number of community calls, we will be doing some sessions at ready, which is our internal readiness event. 
Um, and then uh, Lenny Luck will do some stuff at the CRMUG um, as well as at uh, Extreme again um, this fall. And thanks to you listening. And don't forget that you can comment or subscribe to Serum Rocks. Just search for it in your favorite podcasting app and you will find it right there. And I publish all episodes to Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. You will find it right there. See you next time on Serum Rocks.